This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values. With your hosts, the Cretellis. I'm Marco. And I'm Tony. Oh my god, it feels so good to be back. Season two, y'all! I know, it's kind of exciting, huh? It's extremely exciting. Welcome back to the table. And we are back. Oh lord, here we go. <laughs> it's fun. Hi, hello. What's hello, going husband. On? What's up? Uh, a two-letter word describing an increase in altitude oh, or height. What a silly Jesus. question. <laughs> I should have known better. <laughs> Why would you ask me that? Why are you starting the season off like this? This is who I am. I feel Get like used to it. It's a new it. year. It's a new season. Same me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How are you? How are you feeling? We're like back doing the damn thing. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Feeling natural. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the phrases from the holiday season. Yes. Um, and what a holiday season it was. It was. It was wonderful. It was so nice. Nice. Yeah, a lot has happened. Yeah, yeah, we a lot. We had Christmas, which was wonderful. Christmas was delightful, and yeah. then you got to go see your family after. Yeah, but let's take a step back for a second. Christmas actually was incredible. You got like you got spoiled on that there Christmas. I definitely made out like a bandit. You I did not deserve all the things that I got. I'm spoiled. Very true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. No, it's very true. Not I true. did. I got spoiled. My literally, my presents have not stopped coming yet, and this is February. What other presents have you gotten? Oh, well, there's the remainder of my Think Geek uh, gift card that's on its way. Sure. Yeah. So had to get some more accoutrement from that. Well, good. Um, but yeah, I really love all the great clothes and the great kitchen stuff. And You got the, big boy luggage. I got, I got grown up luggage. Yeah. Green, my favorite color. Yeah. It's been great. I had a great Christmas. You did. I got some you did some good clothes for me. You I did. were stepping out and doing that. That's I am. fun. Mm-hmm. Um what else? My mom and dad got me uh, AirPods, Apple AirPods, which they I mean just brilliant. I just love it. Cut that check. We got Apple TV. We sure did. Through, which was Cut that check really as well. Wonderful as well. <laughs> we're like almost a full Apple apartment at this point. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much everything except the TV itself. Does yeah. Apple make actual TVs? Not yet. I think oh, well, then, then we're good. We're full Apple. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was good. And then, like you said, I went back and traveled and saw my family, which... Mm. Just Always delicious. wonderful. Mm-hmm. It was just so good. Yeah. We had a great, really relaxing New Year's with Steve and Erica. Well, before New Year's, the reason we had a relaxing one is because the night before we went out and partied all night as sure. part of a magazine party, yeah. which I had never been to one of those before. It was kind of fun, and right? It was super fun. The 84 foot tall man was especially interesting. Shout out to the tent. Yeah. That <laughs> is the magazine. Yes. Um, And then, yeah, so we did that. Then we did New Year's and that was a good time. Relaxing. Everyone. One made some dishes. We had a nice little family dinner, and oh, then I forgot about the delicious food. Yeah, we played games and hung out, and then and we had drinks and had lots of. Eric and Steve on. did not smooch. No, <laughs> at midnight, still waiting for it. <laughs> Even um, though they act like a married couple, for sure. <laughs> um, and then I don't. Ariana Grande has come out with new songs. Why you always got to bring her up? Because she's just <laughs> a whole force to be reckoned with. And then um, the government shut down. Yeah, I gotta love a good federal furlough. It was interesting. So it's been a good time. (laughs) It is, but we are happy to be back. Yeah, we've got so many great things planned for this season. You guys are going to absolutely plot. Cannot wait to share it with you all. Yeah, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. So what say you we hop right into it, huh? Yes, with that promise, let's hippity hop into the hashtag GRG. 
For sure. As a reminder, every week, Tony and I are going to pick a wonderful queer couple and highlight them as our hashtag gay relationship goals. Our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity and perspective to the gay relationship narrative. If you and your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag gay relationship goals, or if there is a queer relationship that you admire and would like to bring to our attention, please, please, please reach out to us for season two. Tag us on some of these adorable couples photos on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Our handle is at podrelationship. Tony and I will take a look at these photos and posts and could potentially highlight you and your partner on an episode of the podcast. To start out season two, Tony and I are focusing on a couple that I'm like super fascinated by. Um, they are a couple that I actually wanted to talk about last season, but I decided to put them on ice a little bit so that we can bring them out for season two. <laughs> um, but they're a great, a wonderful couple, a gay couple that I don't actually know where they're based out of. Yeah, it was really hard to find because they travel everywhere and it doesn't exactly say where home is. It it shows their nationalities, Yes, but they could be living in Arkansas for all I know. For, for sure. Yeah, Wisconsin, possibly. <laughs> um, but it's, of course course we're talking about boys versus plane tickets and that is literally their instagram handle that is at boys vs plane tickets um this is alberto and tiago i love their names i love it and they're this adorable couple that literally spends their entire relationship on those adventures that i was talking about during season one that Mm. i just absolutely love but they literally try all their time to like spend all their time traveling and checking out new sites and new countries and all kinds of wonderful things. Yeah, you talk about joy and love. Um, I know these guys are living the life that you want for us, Marco. Um, Absolutely. They travel literally everywhere. They have like a ton of fun, like exploring the world and trying out food and experiencing like the various climates of places I didn't even know existed. Yeah. I mean, they've been in like Barcelona. They, you knew Barcelona. I knew Barcelona. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, Athens and Mykonos and Venice and. I mean, just all over the place. They were in Northeast Italy and and Naples and just all over the place. And it's just been really fun to follow their adventures and see the amount of love and excitement they have for each other while in these countries. It's kind of fun, right? It is great. I think that if uh, they do end up listening to this episode, they should know that we're going to the Dominican Republic in October, and they should join us because they look like they would be so much fun to travel with. If we were traveling somewhere and I saw them, I would make it a point to go talk to them. 100%. And they should travel with us, and then we could do like a live interview in the DR with Ooh, them and talk about it. I'm loving it. I like this. I'm loving it. I like where you're going with all this. Uh-huh. Um, but I love them. I'm really, really fascinated by, again, people who, I don't know, just make the most out of life, right? Mm-hmm. Just spend time having fun, seeing new things. You know, it's so funny. There's just so, like, we have a beautiful country, right? There's so many great places to go and things to visit and, and sites to see. But the world within itself is gorgeous, too. It is a beautiful and little sphere. I love it. What is, if you can think of, like, a really great adventurous place that you would like to visit outside of the country where would it be quick um i would love to go to the amazon forest the amazon Mm -hmm. where you could potentially get killed yeah 
by all the bugs and yeah. the reptiles and yep. things like that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want to go to Morocco. That's like my dream is to go to Morocco. That's your biggest one? I want to go to Morocco very badly. Why? I, I There's just something about like those like way northern African countries like Egypt and all that stuff that just like are super fascinating to me mm. um, that I just really want to like check out and see and because and, and, I just think it's fun. Lido, the barber, mm-hmm. is from Morocco. His family's from Morocco. Really? Yeah. And he spends every year, he spends like a month in Morocco and just goes and visits family. And he's like, next time you want to go, let me know. I will take care of you. And I was like, mm. all right. Let's see what 2020 looks like because we got 2019 planned planned so anyways when you guys get a chance please go on instagram and visit our boys alberto and tiago they are at boys versus plane tickets that's at boys vs plane tickets on instagram um follow them check out their next adventures it looks like they're going back to barcelona sometime soon um so i can only imagine that the pictures and the adventures are going to be delicious Yes, they will. Can't wait. Um, We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Tony and I are going to try to solve the world's problems, Critelli style. Hoo-yah! Hello, all you beautiful people. This, of course, is Marco. Stop everything you're doing right this very second and head to your favorite podcast directory and rate and review Relationship. I know you're driving right now, so pull over. Or you're at work right now, go take a break. Or you're cleaning your house and you're elbow deep in toilet water and haven't finished scrubbing. Well, finish that. Wash your hands and then grab your phone. I just need two minutes of your time so you can give Relationship a five-star rating and a quick review. Tell everyone that we're your favorite hosts and this is the best podcast you've ever heard. And you look forward to listening to the show every Wednesday. There, I've written the review for you. It's that easy. Your ratings and reviews help others that are looking for this commentary and need these weekly lessons have an easier time finding the podcast and knowing what they can expect. On behalf of Tony and myself, we cannot thank you enough for the love and support you've already given to the podcast. It's because of you we get better and better every week. Enjoy the rest of the show and know that we love you all. I'm Marco Critelli and I've got something to say. Okay, Miss Jasmine Masters. I thought that it was fitting to start this segment that way, especially since we're going to dive into a topic that I think neither one of us actually want to talk about. Not at all. But I think it's really important to kind of talk about. And of course, we're talking about politics. Dun, dun, dun. I think it's kind of important to talk about it, especially since as, you know, LGBT adjacent people iq iq a um people that we definitely should talk about how uh the current political climate is affecting our lives if it is if it is not whatever um and then uh i don't know how it affects our relationships and our livelihood and and then just everything that's going on around it 
Sounds good. So it's very interesting because you pay zero attention to politics. <laughs> I actively avoid as much negativity as I possibly can. And over a decade ago, gosh, now it's over 20 years. Wow. Over 20 years ago, I stopped watching television. And that's because there's no good news on the news. And it's all like sensational and agitating and aggravating and negative. And politics to me is the same. Um, so yes, I try to avoid it. I don't want to stick my head in the sand and completely ignore what's going on, but I don't want to actively engage in that unless it is about like local governance. And what I mean by that is like my community and myself. Sure. Those are the things I choose to focus on. So no, I am not a poli sci person. I'm not, uh, up on, I don't know the names of the vast majority of the players. Yeah, no, politics is not my thing. And it's interesting because I'm, I, I'm not like all up in politics business. Um, no, but you've really grown in your interest in current events. I've just found that so much is happening in our country that does directly affect us in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And I find that like being informed has just been really, and I would probably say that it's most, when when Barack Obama got elected president, of course, there was a lot of attention that was paid. There were a lot of eyes on the White House in general, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of people were trying to figure out what the black man in the big house was getting ready to do. Um, Barack, we miss you. Oh my, so much. <laughs> so much. Um, and then what ended up happening was, I think it's really started when uh, all of the unarmed... It started happening with like Trayvon Martin. Right. Yeah. Trayvon dying at the hands of George Zimmerman, like really like affected me in a really insane way um, and really intense way. So because of that, and then the string of other unarmed black men and women that were killed at the hands of law enforcement and as well as white citizens uh, just really affected me. So the more I started paying attention to that and then the government's response to that uh, really started to make me think about things. And then when we got married in 2016 and the importance of that within itself too, because, you know, gay marriage was a huge topic and, Mm -hmm. and the way that, you know, our government responded to that was also something that I was paying a lot of attention to. So, um, and then of course, our president in Queef um, got elected. <laughs> and so I definitely... No offense to any women out there. <laughs> none. Um, but, uh, I, you know, then I started paying attention to his stupidity. And I don't follow him per se. I actually try not to pay attention to what he says, but I do pay attention to the media's response to the things that he says. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll kind of do like a dive into like articles that like talk about the things that are going on etc etc but i don't like i don't follow him on twitter i don't even think i've looked at his twitter account um i've never watched anything like i didn't watch his state of the union i didn't do any of that stuff Mm -hmm. because i fucking hate that man and i that is such a negative thing to say and i apologize it for doing it on this podcast but my god he is awful and it is really really weird it's a really weird time to be living right now it is with that man in charge it's just terrible so um anyways 
That was kind of a heavy intro, right? A little bit. A little, a teeny weeny bit. Um, so I, today we're just talking about a couple of um, somewhat recent and or uh, somewhat important topics that are, are going on in our country right now, right? Yes. Uh, so the first one I was taught, I, I wanted you to, I came across this amazing article written by um, a guest writer for the Huffington Post. Mm-hmm. His name is Ian Cronkite. Um, and he wrote No this, relation. Um, to Walter. Walter. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> or maybe there is. Oh, who knows? I don't know. Did you research that? I did not. We need a fact checker. I <laughs> but Ian wrote this incredible article about being a gay student at the in- evangelical Christian school where Karen Pence now teaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, by the time this comes out, I- I'm sure the story is going to be somewhat dead, but um, Karen Pence... Uh, Mike Pence's wife, Mike Pence, of course, being our vice president. Um, Karen Pence took a job at a school in, where is it, Virginia? Virginia. Northern Virginia. And uh, the school is apparently, it's a manual Christian school, but apparently it's really known to be like super anti-LGBT QIA, all that good stuff. But apparently it's like really known and apparently it's not like in the school doctrine, <laughs> but apparently it's a part of their DNA that like nobody well, from what is I allowed saw, to be gay there or no right. administration, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, from what I saw, it actually is part of the um, doctrine or the um, policies. You know, it is it is on the application. Uh, to work there, yeah. So it talks about living in a good moral code, and it actually defines that as um, no premarital sex, no homosexual activity, whether gay or lesbian, um, no being trans, no identifying with the trans identity, um, and no doing anything untoward to minors. Um, so it actually spells it out. That's so nuts to me. And I mean, of course, the not doing things to minors thing, I'm all here for. I think Mm -hmm. all schools need to have that. Mm -hmm. But I just found it very interesting that a school would actively, um, I don't know, discriminate against a certain, I mean, a certain group of people by way of that. And, you know, uh, in the article, he talks about how private schools kind of... don't necessarily have to follow as much rule because they're, you know, privately funded, that there's a lot more that you can get away with. Yeah. Um, which I completely understand. And, and then, you know, you put a religion behind it, then there's way more that you can get away from because it's usually in the doctrine of the religion, right? So, th- which is interesting. But I just found it so interesting that she is so fucking tone deaf with what's going on in our country right now and the divide that is happening with so many groups of people and the the divide that this administration has created with so many groups of people, with minorities, with the LGBTQ community, with women, with all kinds of things that are going on right now. And she decided, with all the optics of being the wife of the vice president, decided to join a school that is this intense and this ridiculous like what like what the hell is that well i think if you follow the article and you read additional articles that it uh, touches on there is an argument to be made that um mike pence's anti-gay stance is actually fueled by her ah interesting yeah and that she is the one who pushes that position um so 
I mean, because I'm pretty sure I've seen Mike Pence in an old, like, 60s gay porn somewhere. Oh. He looks like I one don't, of the characters. I don't think you can say that. I'm going to. <laughs> I mean, tell Disclaimer, me, this tell is me, not a fact. Tell me he does not <laughs> look opinion. like a a gay porn actor from, like, the 60s that just got old. I don't know. <laughs> being, being, having my philosophy, I don't, I can say I have not seen a picture of him. Oh, that's a, I don't know what he looks like. Bear, <laughs> so maybe he looks like a that gay is a porn very star. Point. I'll have to show you what he looks like later. That's a very interesting. Perhaps we can Photoshop him into some interesting. Oh, it's been done, sweetie. <laughs> like we can Google it. We could totally Google it. Um, so in the article, Ian writes so many things. He's a very good writer. Um, I, I was. I really. This enjoyed is the article. article written by the person who actually attended that correct. school. So correct. Ian, yeah. So Ian mm-hmm. actually. I'm sorry. I like cut to all the juicy. No, bits. that's okay. But Ian actually wrote this article because he is a graduating student of this school. He left the school after a gay graduating student of the school. He left the school in eighth grade and then ended up going to a public high school thereafter. But he ended up, I guess, through like elementary and middle school, ended up going to the school. At least middle. Yeah. Yeah, at least middle. Which is nuts. So he kind of talks about his experience there and what he knows of the school and how the school handles itself and how he's not surprised that Karen Pence would go and teach at a school like this and how, you know, the uh, there's just so many rules. And he wrote this interesting um, quote in there where he says, no student was, to my knowledge, ever expelled for being gay. That would never happen because no student would ever dare come out in the stifling environment of ICS. And I thought, and ICS, of course, is Emmanuel Christian School. So I thought that that was so interesting. There's another quote in the article um, where he says, they're not trying to deny employment to gay people out of spite. They're trying to keep gay and gay friendly people from their students. That's not beneficial to the students. And it certainly wasn't great for me. Um, because, and and I, I don't know, I just, it's, I just couldn't imagine. I just couldn't imagine an environment that actively tried to make you feel bad for who you are. But then again, we live in real life, right? And it's all around us all the time. Well, and I think this is, I think this is a two piece issue. I think the first issue being that certain sects of certain religions are actively anti-gay. And I think that's a huge problem. I think that to a degree it is lessening. I don't think it's anywhere near changing, but I think it is lessening a little bit if you look at the studies um, that are being done, especially among young people. So I think that is promising, but that is one part of the issue, and I will not deny that is a that is a terrible place to be. Religion teaching you to hate is just fundamentally not a good stance uh, to take. But beyond that, I think there's another part to this issue, and hopefully I won't stir up too much trouble uh, and sound too much like a, um, <laughs> a seceder from the South. Or, or like me. <laughs> no, 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 because I think actually you're going to be surprised at my stance on this. But there's a second part, which is about rights. And I think that a privately funded school has the right to be built on whatever sort of system it wants. Um, There are terrible consequences uh, from it, Um, but I think that they have the right to exist. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Like, I completely understand that. So I'm not, like, completely off base with the scenario. I just think it's ridiculous. It's like, it's 2019. I'm just having a really hard time understanding 
why and or how we are still trying to like we're not evolving past some of this bullshit you know like where where's the growth like things are just they like uh, they just can't be the same way and it's fine that you felt that way at a certain point in time but like when the when do you grow beyond that i i don't know i insert kevin hart like you know like (laughs) i i just wonder but i don't know that's beside me maybe it's not for me to understand right who knows um anyway so that was the first topic that i was i thought was like very interesting the next one that i wanted to talk a little bit about too was um which is another super heavy one but it's um the supreme court permitting trump's transgender military ban to move forward what a depressing day yeah and especially because here again you know looking at the studies like there's no negative consequence um to the effectiveness and the whole supreme court up upholding of the decision um is because that of that they said you know it can affect basically our our safety our security the effectiveness um i believe they even used the term lethality Mm -hmm. um of our armed forces um and you know there's just nothing to support that um which you know makes it really unfortunate especially when the supreme court says that they argue cases not issues which clearly um in this instance there is the case has no merit so they're clearly arguing an issue right which is my whole thing and i and it's just so painful to see that this is happening because again you know we're just spending so much time as a country trying to fight for uh, trying to fight against I, w- I should say like fight against things that just are not issues but we want to make issues in the name of what exactly like I- I- I'm just not sure what what the goal is right now like what are we trying to do like cleanse America like in in what kind of way like make it I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. It's just because I don't understand it. Like, I just don't understand what the point is. You know, transgender Obama have put forth um, these, what I guess it would be laws or rulings that would help make it so that trans pe- transgender people would be able to uh, serve in the military and can do it openly because for so long they were n- not serving in the mil- military openly. So by telling these men and women that they now have to serve but they can't do it openly or they can't serve in general like why like why like you have people mind you trump never served in the military as a matter of fact he evaded uh enlistment multiple times and so he has little input on anything that needs to happen from a military standpoint because, sir, you've never done a hard bit of work your entire life. Like, you haven't done any manual, like, super hard physical labor, i.e. served in the military. So why do you get to say that the that people in general are not able to do what it is that they want to do yeah well and there's this there's all these great artists that look at um 
trans history. And there's this cohort of people who served in the military and served career like their entire lives, retired from the military. Um, and clearly we were fine. <laughs> You know, there's just there's just no basis in this decision, in my opinion. There's no there's no basis. You know, someone who is uh, identifies as male, identifies as female, identifies as non-binary. Like, in what way does that like where's the aptitude test for that when it comes to military service? Like, that's not a part of the battery of tests that determines where you go in the military and what you do. Um, And, you know. It's just, I don't know. I think it's another one of those super divisive things that is done to distract people. Um, 100%. And I, and I don't believe that he, you know, if he actually believes anything, which honestly I don't think that he does. I think that if you look at um, his history, even like long before he was president, I don't think he actually believes in anything except money. Um, For sure. And... I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, whatever it is, 40 years, 50 years from now, when things become declassified, I can't remember how long it is, but I wouldn't be surprised to discover in that mess of paperwork looking at his administration that there wasn't an actual cost analysis. Oh, I don't believe that he is doing anything that is his own agenda. I think he's doing everything that is the agenda of the people that work around or under him. Or that got him into office because he owes a lot of favors. Correct. And I think he is just literally going through and trying to make it so that uh, he, you know, can hold up his end of the bargain and things like that, you know. So he's got some state senator somewhere that, you know, contributed a lot of money towards his campaign and said, you know, you got to do me a favor if you're going to get elected. I'll give you, you know, this $500,000, but I need you to make sure that all those, you know, girly man can't serve in the military like that this and he's like fine you know i'll get elected i'll make sure that that happens for you and that's like the end of the sentence for him like that and that's what's happening because i don't know that i think that he is um intelligent enough to know what's going on or care about what's going on Mm. so he's like trying to carry out other people's agendas i so i don't know and like again that just infuriates me even more well you know what i've always found so hypocritical is you know republicans in general believe in you know smaller government that government should be out of our business and the government should just run you know basic things for people but this is clearly Uh, an edict where government is running the show like that is like if there's no evidence to support that it has a negative impact then clearly you are running your own agenda and using the government and growing the government in order to enforce these things um, to propagate an agenda like that's just not a, a stance right and that's just to me that's so hypocritical to what republicans are supposed to stand for you know um, it's just like going back to the previous article. Uh, there's another one uh, about it that says, you know, they hope that, um, you know, Pence went through the vetting process and is now working at this school. And they don't understand why, because if they had to take this sort of oath about, um, you know, their moral purity and she's associated with the Trump administration and he has issues with extramarital affairs, then how can she truly say that she will uphold that sort of a value? Because clearly she's ignoring it um, mm-hmm. when it comes to Donald Trump. That's a very valid point. That's a very valid point. Um, lastly, um, there is another article that we read. It comes from 2018. I think it comes from like July of 2018 or something of the sort. But it kind of talks about 
um, I, like why the Supreme Court opening could affect gay marriage as well as abortion. Um, and then just like what's going on with that. And I don't necessarily want to read the article, but I, I love your feel because <laughs> me as the uh, anxious human being that I always am, <laughs> I worry about it. And I read these kind of headlines that I just like talk about, you know, things with you. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like a huge issue. And of course, the New York Times likes to sensationalize <laughs> topics and things like that. As most you know, media outlets do. Yeah. Um, and I'm not necessarily worried about gay marriage being affected. But at the same time, I think more so than anything for me is the knowledge that there are groups of people out there that um, their soul, their whole goal, their sole purpose is to end what you and I have. Mm. That's something that I think is really, really um, disheartening for me. Like that is something that's like really challenging, you know, especially because we come from a place of love, right? We are love. Like you and I, we love one another. We are just trying to, do the best that we can in this relationship with this love, the best way that we know how with the experience that we have with the, you know, the scrapes on our knees that we've gotten over the course of our lives. We are just trying to coexist as two people that love one another and want to build a family and a future with one another. And there's a group of people out there that want to end that because their morality tells them that us loving one another is wrong or somehow affects them in any way. In any way. Right. And I just wanted to kind of gather your thoughts on that a little bit. Because, you know, again, this is a topic that affects, you know, gay people and and gay relationships and marriages in a very uh, real way. Um, and I just wanted to hear, I just wanted to hear what you have to say. Well, uh, because that article is a little bit older, do we know whether a new Supreme Court judge has been appointed? So I am probably the wrong person to ask because, mm. yes, I do follow this stuff in uh, a capacity, but but not as detailed. Look, I can tell you what Rihanna wore. <laughs> <laughs> the last award show. I can tell you uh, what happened on the last episode of Grey's Anatomy, but for some strange reason, I don't know that I can tell you what's going on in the Supreme Court. I just know that there are That's issues. That's not nearly as entertaining. No, not at all. And they don't wear good stuff. Well, so, <laughs> I like the robes. Um, <laughs> so. Well, regardless of whether someone's elected or not, you know, first of all, the abortion piece has remained largely unchanged since 73, I want to say, mm-hmm. early 70s for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and the gay marriage part. So, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that people have said that would never happen and it's happened. Um, so I don't want to say that will never happen, but what's more likely when you talk to people who like actually know, um, law and how it works, what's more likely to happen is not an overturning of the decision. Um, because the, the equal protection piece, uh, is there. What will probably happen, the tactic that would actually work, is if they started to hack away at some of the rights that it entails. So that's what's happening with abortion, for example. So there are states, I want to say it's Kentucky, to be honest with you, has like essentially gone through because Roe v. Wade hasn't been overturned. What they've done is they've gone through the entire state, and I could be completely wrong. Again, I know when Beyonce drops a single, but I don't necessarily know all these things. <laughs> but um, 
or Ariana Grande. We're not even going to get on that. Um, but I do know that they, Kentucky, I, I believe it was Kentucky, made it so that every single abortion clinic in the entire state no longer exists. So if you live in the state of Kentucky and you need to get an abortion, you have to go somewhere else to do it. So they make the accessibility to those things a lot more challenging. And I guess that's kind of where a lot of concerns are coming from. So like, no, they're not going to completely strip away the right to marry one another, but they may make it a lot more difficult for gay couples to get married. You know, there may be, um, you know, some sort of uh, judge in some sort of state that absolutely refuses to marry a gay couple so that's something that's going to become a problem and it's going to be this long issue that you have to deal with um so those things happen yeah and the the problem is that the system moves so slowly so a state could be in violation of the constitution uh in the eyes of the supreme court for a number of years before a decision gets made that that actually overturns it and when you look at how the current political climate prioritizes things, right? So, you know, this issue of transgender people getting into the military should have taken a long time to get to the Supreme Court. Um, But Trump said that it was imperative. And so they heard the case and made a decision, right? So there's there's definitely politics at play there too, even though they want to say there isn't. And so that can slow things down tremendously, right? And so if you can't federally overturn the decision, you can slow things so that a few states can get away with whatever they want to get away with for a while. And there are certain issues that in that particular case, the court would uphold the decision, like the... Um, uh, whatever cake shop it was mm-hmm. in Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. Where you could, you know, it was decided that because this was a private business, the person could deny them access to uh, the service because he didn't want to make a gay wedding cake, right? Sure. And and that sets precedence too and can be extrapolated further. Um, and so it becomes problematic. But the fundamental right to marry, the taxes piece, um, I think would remain. I think the, you know, I forget the HRC had this great thing that told you exactly how many rights you were denied because you couldn't get married. And I know it was over 130, but I don't remember exactly how many it was. It may be a much greater number. I'm not sure. Um, But when you literally go through those piece by piece, right? So, uh, you know, let's just say that uh, they start to remove certain rights, like the ability to make medical decisions, right? Well, every state has advanced directives, right? I don't need a federal law to write an advanced directive and have it notarized in the hospital before I need care. And so I can dictate that you can be here and make decisions because I did so when I had a sound mind. And so the process of immediately going to a parent uh, a next of kin, the oldest sibling, you know, that whole sort of checklist that they go through, sure. you know, the, you, you tie their hands to do that. Um, and so, you know, while it's less than ideal and it's really unfortunate that in America in 2019, this may be the case. Um, I think that you still have options like the people in Kentucky, if they really feel strongly about it should leave Kentucky. And this is the thing that people forget is you have a lot of power just in where you stand. Um, And so while it may not be ideal to leave Kentucky, if you really feel that strongly, I promise you there are other places to live and work 
probably better than what you're living and working at right now all over the country that don't have that rule. You know, so like we live in New York, right? This is actually a red state, but because of the city and it being so blue, it's blue, right? And But if the whole state were to go red, we would leave. We would leave. Even though we have a wonderful life with amazing people and great jobs here, we would leave. We can find that elsewhere. Yeah. I hear Portland's great. Um, oh, I could tell you 30 different places I'd love to live. For sure, out of this country. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, you guys, I'm, we're sorry. Everyone's probably, like, bored out of their minds at, with this conversation because who the fuck wants to hear about politics for an Oh, I'm sure there's a group of people that are enjoying it immensely and sh- shouting while we're talking. <laughs> for sure. And um, we would love to hear from you guys. So if you guys have something to add to the conversation, please feel free to email us. That's relationship questions at gmail.com or you guys can at us on instagram twitter and the facebook that is at pod relationship on all um but we would love to hear from you guys we just literally wanted to just talk about the effects of relationships and and uh you know this current political climate and what it does to us and how we kind of try to keep ourselves a little bit sane um and and you know to tony's point out of it not knowing who mike pence is um i know who he is i just don't know what he looks like so that we can give ourselves the opportunity to just feel a little bit sane but all you got to do is live in love right live in love that's it and And if you do that people can't touch you they can't do anything we're gonna uh take a quick break but we'll be back in just a bit y'all see you soon So I'm probably the last person to talk to you about social media. I don't Snapbook. Uh, that's Facebook and Snapchat. I'm not on the Twitter. It's it's just Twitter. There's no the in front of it. And I barely understand what IG means. Wait, you, you don't know that IG means Instagram? No. <laughs> but I do know one thing. There's a bunch of relationship content on all the social media apps. Uh, yeah, that's right. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, we are at Pod Relationship. Yep. Just look for us and follow, retweet, or whatever it is you do to pay attention to us. <laughs> oh my goodness. My husband puts up great content related to the podcast. I sure do. You can help us answer listener situation questions. You can check out past and present hashtag gay relationship goals. And you can get updates on relationship related events and activities. So grab your phone. Open up Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Go to the search bar and type in pod relationship and join in on the discussion. We look forward to interacting with each and every one of you via social media. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye. So we are so excited about this interview right now. Again, this just speaks to the power of fucking instagram right the intrawebs instagram is the bomb.com literally um because Except it's instagram.com i'm sure let's go with that <laughs> no but it's amazing because it just goes to show like how because again i'm an instagram sleuth so what i tend to do is if anybody likes or uh follows me on instagram or any one of our pages on instagram i like go through and like search who you are to make sure you're not a psycho or a bot And then um, when I go through and look at your images and and I find out whether or not you're a cool person or anything like that, if I like what you've got going on, then I'll follow you back. I'm I'm kind of a plastic that way. Um, But (laughs) I prefer the term Heather. Well, let's go with that, too. But um, 
what was great is an image that I ended up posting on my personal page. I ended up getting a like from our guest today, which is one Mr. Michael Leedy. Um, and upon doing that, I went through and searched him and like looked at his images and I thought he was really cool. And then I followed him back. And then I was like, I would love for you to be on an episode of the podcast because you I can tell you have a story to tell and he agreed to do so so right now we have Michael Leedy with us Michael say hello to our listeners hi everybody we're so excited thank you so much for being a part of this thank you for having me you're so much I'm so excited (laughs) this is great because you guys just kind of you know I like the post and or your image and and then you showed up. I know. <laughs> what a great connection. And Michael and I have been like DMing over the past week. And then we've been texting and he's been hilarious via text. P.S. A text from Michael Leedy is comedic gold. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so much fun. Um, but we've just been having a really good time with that. And so we're so glad to have you here on the podcast. And um, thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and be a part of it. Yes, it's so exciting. It's going to be good. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, what your story is, who you're doing. Oh my gosh, (laughs) this is, how do I make this not long-winded? I tend to be a little bit Rose Nyland when I speak. Oh, I love it. We're huge Golden Girls fans, it's fine. I know, I know, really. Oh gosh, well I used to work in the music industry for 10 years when I moved to New York, right? So then I made a career out of that, and then, you know, after that time, um, I got burnout. We'll just keep it short like that. It, it just is exhausting, because it was, it was high-end, it was all the major labels, and it was lots of fun, I learned a lot from it, but it was time for a change, and I had the means to move, not move, but like shift my life, and I ended up traveling for Six, six, seven weeks. I went all over Spain. I went to Marrakesh and I went to Istanbul. And during that process, I said to myself, how are people making money online? What is this Facebook? What is YouTube? What is Instagram? And that is when it all started. Um, when I came back home to New York, I then, that's an even longer story, but <laughs> in short, I... Focused online, I focused on online marketing and learning how to do that, which is why now I am building a brand on Instagram, which is MetroVenture, uh, which is focused on Instagram and helping, I guess, gays travel in areas, learn what to do, where to go, under the radar type stuff. Um, I'm focusing on that now, uh, and not just focused on, you know, only gay things, but gay friendly which is key. So that's that's the short version. I try to like give you the abridged I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of my story. So that's what's going on. We love a good Cliff Notes version. You know, cuz <laughs> I could tell you a really long version, but but we don't need that. But that's the short. And so now it's just really exciting and you know, you're actually getting me in the beginning of that process. So love I love that my efforts are working and I'm meeting really cool people like you guys just because of Instagram. This is amazing. It's I'm, crazy. I'm so excited. The power of the internet. That's why I get so mad when all the old fogies like talk about how bad the internet is and social media. Cause I'm like, do you realize that like if you actually use it to, for what it's supposed to be used for, you can create such great relationships and connections and people like we learned so much about you prior to this interview that I'm like, Oh my God, this is not only a, a person that I want to make a friend of mine because I think you're absolutely fabulous and you're like really cool. But in addition to that, like, oh my God, you have so much to talk to us and tell us about 
sound and the music industry and like how to put things together and all this other stuff like that like you're going to be an incredible resource and i think it's it's just really nice to like know that the internet can do that for you right that's kind of cool it's wonderful and you know it, it, i feel more connected now than i ever have before and i just love that like these opportunities have brought you right in front of us like i think it's just delightful you're so cool. Yeah. We Thanks. So are you guys. Thank you. So I want to jump back just for a second. Um, so you kind of said, you know, you worked in the music industry. Just just 500 words or less. What what exactly did you do? Okay. 500 words or less. You don't have to count them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll count my, them for you. I have OCD. I know, I'm it's pretty. Fine. I have to use my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I started out on the recording studio side, Mm -hmm. so dealing with the project. So when you make an album, you record it, you mix it, and then you master it. So Mm -hmm. I worked in a recording studio, which does the recording and the mixing side. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for six years. Um, Kind of started at my my bottom. (laughs) I I started at the bottom. I think you're still there. (laughs) I'm versatile. So, uh, but no, I started at the bottom and I worked my way up to the point where I was like, oh, I don't want to be an engineer. So I went into management and, and that was great and all, but recording studios are starting to kind of dwindle because, mm. you know, you can do a lot of stuff at home. I mean, we're sitting I mean, here, you could literally be a SoundCloud You know, and you could days. do it from your computer mm-hmm. and it's, you know, so recording studios, unless you have big budgets, which the clients that we dealt with did, you know, they're falling apart. But still, that's where I started. But the pay wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. So what happened then is I switched over to the mastering side of the studios. And, you know, everything got a lot better. Um, and I was still working with the same clients, just a different angle, right? And just making sure... So after you record it, you mix it, you give it to the mastering engineer. And they're kind of like... If the recording studio bakes the cake, mm-hmm. the mastering studio puts the icing on the Which cake. Which we all know is the best part. Right? So <laughs> it makes it... And because think of it too, you know... If Britney's recording an album, she might do three songs in London and three songs in L.A. and three songs in New York, right? So someone has to put all those together and make them sound like they were done in one place. Mm-hmm. And that's what the mastering engineers do. And I managed um, a Grammy award-winning engineer for several years. And then I was like, I, I got to go because this is it's burning me out. Mm-hmm. So I decided to reinvent myself. So that was the music industry. So mm-hmm. really quick, uh, top two favorite stars that you've gotten to work for i'm gonna ask you to name drop just a teeny bit but like you had so much fun working for or with well fun (laughs) okay the least annoying or nerve-wracking let's do it that way (laughs) that's even a hard thing but my favorite my favorite clients my favorite clients were probably sony and jive okay which the projects being stuff like britney and Beyonce and Pink. Mm, I would wow. say that I love my 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 contacts at the labels that I worked with for those projects. I love them. Wow. I love them. What did um, you love about them? Well, the well the contacts. I loved just their personalities mm. and is how to work with them and how we would collaborate to get things done when it's all last minute and it's all things changing because you the artist does what they want, mm. and so it was our job to make sure that everything got done on time. Mm, sure. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, nothing ever got done on time because, you know, things were always getting changed. Mm. So, But we would make it happen. So that's what I would love about working with the certain clients that I would work with. Um, who's, I don't know. I would... I don't know. 
Did I answer the question? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you did. Totally. Yeah, I good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. You did. <laughs> so then, um, okay, so now you're on to this new Metro Venture, if you will. Yes. Which is amazing, uh, which I loved, which I was super fascinated because as I gathered on Instagram, it's kind of about your, like, ability to, like, traipse about the country, right? And That's the goal. And, like, find all these gay-friendly areas where you can essentially guide people and say like hey i had a really good time in costa rica and like if you want to check this out like go to this place because they love the gays and they're well not even that it's like just gay, gay safe. specific <laughs> gay but safe. it's like that's the anti-gay bashing <laughs> right i just <laughs> that's the thing is because in my because okay so after i left my the industry mm. uh i traveled and i had no plan of what was next i just knew that if i I would just I needed to reset myself and and things would work out. So in doing that, when I was traveling, I just I was like, wow, I just want to share this with people. I wanna I wanna tell others that wow that you can do this too. And like you'd be surprised how gay friendly places are. Even even when I was in Marrakesh, how friendly it was there. Punta Cana was surprisingly gay friendly to us. They're like they loved us and we and it was so funny. I remember my mom calling us before we went on our honeymoon. And she was like, you know, the Dominicans don't really love gay people that much. And I was like, eh, we'll be fine. Like, I'm not worried about it. Like, I've just got to be me and I'm going to go. And I think we had more people that were, they, up as soon as they found out we were on a honeymoon, they upgraded our room. Like, I they were, that. like, it was like really, it was like very gay. A couple of the wait staff were like, so are you two gay? Can yeah, we take I have a gay friend. I think he's wonderful. Yeah, can we take <laughs> pictures? Like, they were really, really friendly. So, uh, to your point, like, yeah, like, you'd be surprised at how, like, randomly welcoming these countries are that we, as Americans, find uh, scary because hmm. we think that they're going to, like, beat us up. Because, right, well, media. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the media sure. paints pictures. And you believe the media because that's what you're told. Mm-hmm. For sure. While they're painting pictures. so And the people holding the brush are being paid to use certain paints. Ding, ding, Let's ding. not ignore ding, that. Ding, ding, yes. What did he win today, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to cut some of your puppet strings. <laughs> so, so with Metro Venture, I thought, you know, I'm in New York. And what I love about New York is you don't need a car. Mm-hmm. So the, the point of Metro Venture is that wherever you go, you don't need a car. So it's going to have great... Metro, mm. right? So that's why it's a metro venture. Um, I also wanted it to be gay friendly, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't care if everybody's gay. I just want to know that I'm not going to get lynched. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we we're just talking about <laughs> preach. So, so that's where that all kind of came from. And and then to to create a career out of traveling and doing things that I enjoy because. People are like, you can't do that. You can't enjoy your life and travel and do all that stuff. But wait a minute. There are people doing it. Other people are. why can't I? The thing is, you just have to be willing to mm, make mistakes and fail and fall and get back up and brush yourself off and start over again. And, you know, what worked, what didn't work, and then pivot and start again. Sure. So, So that's... That's really where I'm coming from. And, mm. and I just want people to feel safe. And that's... And that's, informed. And informed. It. And it's so cool because you can, like... I, I'm thinking from, like, a marketing standpoint. like, But you can, like, totally, like, give yourself the opportunity to link up with other really great, like, travel guides. Like Chuck and Larry, for example, that does all of the ma- amazing, like, gay cruises. 
I don't know if you've know if you've heard of or know about Chuck and Larry, but Chuck and Larry literally like they're like a travel agency and they like partner like the gate like you can go to chuckandlarry.com. This is not a paid cut ad, that check. Right. <laughs> but Chuck and Larry like will literally help the gays like find like a really cool cruise to go on where it's like this cool like they take you to like gay destinations. I love that. Like it's really nice mm-hmm. and so you end up getting to see the country the world, I'm sorry, from like a gay perspective in a safe environment because you're going to places that welcome you with open arms which is really cool so you can give yourself the opportunity to be like hey both chuck and larry hi see me like you need to pay me bitches because i will totally um, oh yeah make that happen yeah there's a lot of there's a few of them out there i won't say a lot but there's a few of them out there that you can totally link up with it's really cool. Yeah. And you have a, a, a niche that they haven't reached and a, and a brand that they can relate to because you're talking about gay-friendly destinations. And they're talking about gay destinations, right? Yeah. So there's an overlap, but there's also an untapped gap between you. But and I also, that's it. I also mm-hmm. think you're talking about something even beyond that where you're saying, here's places that have really good metro systems that you don't even need to have a car to worry about getting around to. So this is like a whole, I don't know, this is a whole perspective that I don't think has been tapped into. Exactly. And since I'm starting from scratch, you know, I I, I like that whole like, oh, well, you can watch him kind of go there. I feel like since I'm in New York, I can do that here. And it won't be just about New York, although I'm starting in the city, but you can get out to Connecticut. You can go up to Albany. you You can go so many places from here, so I thought this is a great place to start it. Like on my Instagram profile, it says "Current City New York." Mm-hmm. You know, because it's I'm the goal is to go out there into the world and get do that stuff. But since I'm here, let's start here, where you know I have a job, I get paid, and I do my own things, and then I do this on the side so I can build that. Yeah, you it's know, great. So you can- Part of the reason why I thought that you were a photographer is because you take beautiful pictures. Thank you. Like you, like your images. I've, I'm always envious of those that like have a beautiful eye for things that I just myself don't see. Uh, my husband is constantly telling me that I need to like stop and like look around <laughs> and like pay attention to things because I'm very mission oriented that I miss beauty. Um, but you see some beautiful thing. You see beautiful things all the time that I'm like, oh my god, like it's gorgeous. So I was, I just naturally assumed that you were like a photographer this that was in new. this venture. You have a great eye. Thank you. You have a fantastic mm. eye for it all. So I, you should know that. I literally bought. Bleh, I literally bought my my Canon camera. Uh, Cut like, that check. April. Okay. Like that's. I didn't know anything, and then I ended up buying a... For your birthday? Uh, no. Mm. Was that money? No, I think I just bought it. Mm, not a birthday present to yourself. No, okay. I mean, I suppose it was. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but it was part of the reinvention. Like, I knew I needed X, a, Y, and a Z. Good camera, yeah. um, You know, I could have just kept using my phone, but... Mm. I, you take beautiful images. And again, that's why I was, I was like, you're a photographer? And you're like, no. I'm just a creative. You're a creative, and I love it. You've got beautiful eye. Again, you have a beautiful eye for it. And I guess creatives do that, right? Because you were in the music industry, so you know what music sounds like. But you have a natural eye for that where, you know, again, I've studied music a bit. And, you know, I have, I love fashion like right so that's like another creative outlet right so like you end up just seeing other beauty and other creative outlets Mm. which is fantastic well and you you are creative and the thing that you are creating right now is you 
Yes, that's the thing. And I think everybody should create them. They should. And they should recreate them at least one to three times throughout their life. You know, if you're not 100% satisfied with where you're at, you know, start with a book. Like, there's so many books out there that are there help you kind of clear out the, the, the garbage that's in your brain that comes from the surroundings Mm -hmm. you know media or whatever like what you're told you're conditioned we're conditioned Mm -hmm. as humans to believe a certain way and if you can clear that out you can start opening up to what is actually possible because so many people are afraid of their dreams oh i can't do that that's too hard that's no it's not you can do you can do whatever you want you just have to be willing to figure out how to get there Mm mm-hmm and that is humbling, and people don't like failing, but failing is key. The one who fails the most wins, is what it's I like to say. I love necessary. that. <laughs> it's necessary. Failure is necessary. Is there a book that you read that you would recommend that our listeners like? I would. Towards? Yeah, I would. There's one by Simon Sinek. I think that's how you say his last name. It's called Start With Why. Mm. So start with why. Like, and it's just focuses on, it's been so long since I read it, but just the why. Like, the you know, they talk about the Wright brothers in that book is a good example. Like, they mm. failed making a plane. So many times. So, so many, many times. times. First you know, in flight. Right? And Edison, same thing with the, the light bulb. Like, they mm-hmm. failed, they, what, he 10,000 times, I think, is the number that, mm-hmm. that they said he failed before he made the actual light bulb. But then it works. And, I mean, there's light bulbs in we, this room right, right. now. We Are all we, have light currently. bulbs. <laughs> yeah. Currently. Yeah, light bulbs everywhere. No, but, and, and I think that that's, that's so key, because even with, for example, the second season of this podcast. Like, I think Tony and I learned so much during the first season that, like, we failed numerous times. I listened, I sometimes I can't even listen to previous episodes because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what is that sound? Like, what's happening? What's going on there? But, like, we came back the second season and we're like, nope, we know exactly what we're going to do and we know how we're going to do it better and we know how we're going to add a little bit of steroid to it and make it even better than that. And like, and, and you have to do that, right? You have, you to, have, like, to. You have to check it out and do more. So many people, they're like, because once you fail the first time, it's like, oh, ouch, that hurt. I don't want to do that again. Mm. I'm going to just stay doing what I don't like because this is easier. And the answer is no. Don't do that. You're like, right. fail again. Do it. Because the only way you're going to get yourself out of that thing that you really don't want is by, you know, falling down. Like, think of a kid. A little baby when mm. it starts walking, or I guess I'd be a toddler then. I don't know much about kids. I'm not, <laughs> not a child person. <laughs> but like when a baby falls, and you're like, oh no, get back up. You can do it. And then it gets up and it, you know, grabs onto like the table and it kind of inches along and it falls. And then you're like, no, you can do it. And it gets back up and you encourage it, right? Because it's a baby. Mm-hmm. And it learns how to walk. And guess what? We all walk. But as an adult, when you fall down, Everybody's like, well, that's never going to work. Don't try that. Because it's like the conditioning. Oh, my God. Did you see him fail? Like, that's so Yeah. Crazy. It's he like, you know, he can't. No, he's going to keep failing. That, that, that guy's stupid. Yeah. Mm. But it, there's no encouragement anymore because, I don't know, it, the, the success is conditioned out of you. You can't succeed. You got to follow the path that everybody else follows. Yeah. And I, I also think that's fueled a bit by jealousy. How dare you try? I'm not brave enough to try. Right. And now that I see you fail, oh yeah, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, yeah. See, I told you. Yeah. Told you so. Yeah. Told you so. Told you so. And you've got yeah. So. Yeah. And so, but my opinion is, um, I told you so because watch me do it. Watch mm. me. So I'm starting, you know, from scratch, and I'm building. And I'm like, well, I live in New York. I can start much adventure here because there's plenty to do here. So it's. You know, I'm going to do what I want because I'm going to figure it out because I can. And everybody else can, too. They just have to be willing to fail 
forward. Mm. I, lo- I love that forward. concept. Failing forward. I like it. That's, That's good. Great. You got to keep it up. That's you amazing. Know, <laughs> so in between all of your Metro Ventures... Yes. Let's 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 get into the shrimp and grits of the situation. Okay. Are so what's happening in your dating life? Who are who who huh? are are you dating? Are you dating currently? Currently, not really. Okay. I recently was dating. Okay. I, I, well, I don't even want to call it dating. <laughs> I wasn't dating for a while because I've just been focusing on me. But mm. then there came a point where I was like, I need to get some sex. <laughs> <laughs> Preach. So so this, I mean, this happened about, you know, that mentality happened about a year or so ago. And so, and then, you know, the grinder, that's real handy, right? I He's, love it. You know, and Phrasing. then, you know, because I, what I liked about what I was doing back then is like, you know, it's like, you hit it, you're done. Like, I wasn't looking to build any relationships. Mm-hmm. So you loved like a, ooh, you loved a non-committal situation happening. Perfect. Yeah, that okay. was perfect. Because I just didn't have time to, because I, what I'm doing, this reinvention is all out of work. Okay. So so I wasn't wanting to commit to anyone. Good. But um, fast forward, you know, when you're doing that, then you start meeting some really great people. And then the last one I met, we ended up... Liking getting, each other. Liking each other. <gasps> I know! That is like rule number one of Grinder, right? No, like, but never it fall happened. in love. We had so much in common, and we still do. Um, we're still friends, but we had to we had to break it off because it just it, there was a mismatch in time. So so like you know it's just what what he's going through and what I'm it just didn't it's not going to work. So so we had to take a little break. And honestly, I was a bit devastated from it, but I'm over that now. And were you devastated because of the connection or because of the sex? Yes, because <laughs> because because the connection was so strong. I was like, "Oh my god, this is the one!" Okay. Yes, it's just, and it, he fits so perfectly with mm. what I'm working on. Like we, we, it's very, we have very similar stories, so to speak. So that okay. was that was the challenge. So it's like I was like I was devastated, and I cried for a month when it was done. But I'm over it now, and we're at least friends again and mm. we're actually we're working more like as a professional relationship mm. and just friends so I mean I might still have a crush but don't tell him that we'll see if he listens to I this. mean crush, <laughs> <laughs> crush is normal right I think everyone should have at least a crush in their life yeah. do you have a crush you're my crush mm. Asi- I was gonna say aside from me do you have any I don't have a crush at all no one's fascinating to me, but <laughs> that sounded so bitchy. <laughs> I just know our that, listeners are used to it. No, I, no, but like, do you like? Is there like anybody who like is like really fascinating to you that you're like, ah, oh, I just really enjoy being around them at this point. Like, I just I haven't found that in a really really long time. You, in all honesty, like you, I love watching what you do. I love watching you grow. I find you fascinating. I. Would not have continued to hang out with you, and we definitely wouldn't have gotten married if I didn't find you to be that. Yeah. I mean, of course you're my crush. I find, I've always said that you're the smartest person I've ever met in my entire life. However, (laughs) that was not very smart. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I just, every once in a while, there's like somebody that I like find like super intelligent or like really funny or like really cool that like I'm just kind of like ah I'm like really fascinated by this person like like I'm fascinated by them um and I haven't had uh that in a really long time 
It's mm. been a really long time, but it's not to say that it can't happen soon. But um, but no, you're that's about it. Anyways, um, I kind of crush on Nicki Minaj. Really? <laughs> no, that was a joke. I was going to say she bores me these days. I used to love her, but now the I'm like, Ugh, who are you? What are you doing? What's happening right now? You're Anyways, ridiculous. Anyways, Nicole Scherzinger, I'm crushing on her. I always have crushed on her because I find her super fascinating. We're talking about celebrities now. They're yes. Not real people. They're, not, yes. they're not real people. I know people. who that one is. I know who Nikki was, too. I mean, yeah. I know I know who they are, clearly. Yeah. We're moving back to the interview. Oh, yeah. Gee. Yeah, well, it's fascinating. So, actually, we are going to have to get into the, uh, the meat and potatoes of this interview in part two because uh, we spent a good amount of time getting to know who you were. Um, and that's great, but now we're going to have to bring you back next week so our listeners could know more about your dating life. Oh, okay. well, you know, I mean, gosh. Oh, well, let's do it. Let's. I'm excited can we, because... Can we bring you back for next week? Yeah, because there's... I'm open to talking about that more. Are we? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's make Fetch happen. Fetch. I love it. So, <laughs> before we leave, why don't you tell our listeners where they can follow you on social media? Because I think Metro Venture needs to be like a whole ass movement. So, well, at Metro Venture. At Metro Venture at, on? On Instagram. Instagram, okay. Yes. Great, I love it. Um, I've kind, So, I'm thinking out loud right now. I kind of feel like Metro Venture needs to be a blog somewhere. It will be. Okay. That is like, there's you know one step at a time. One step at I a time. I want to do it all at the same Jordan time. I think Jordan Sparks said that. <laughs> yeah, she said that, yeah. No, it will be a blog, and yeah, that is coming, but I have to start start somewhere. Grassroots. So So the way I'm designing my Instagram post is every image, you know, the content's in there. So when it comes time to put that into a blog, I can just... Pay someone Coffee from the Philippines <laughs> for like three dollars an hour to do it. I like this. Yes. Well, I there's like sites it. that you know. You never would have guessed it, but he's actually a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> I am not <laughs> anything political. That is a damaging lie. <laughs> so great. Thank you. Okay. So at Metro Venture on Instagram. On Instagram. I am Please Michael Leedy. And he is Michael Leedy, yes. and he is at MetroVenture all at the same time, all and we love him. Um, <laughs> please follow him, because it's really great. Again, I'm a huge fan of your content, and I cannot wait until next week so that we can learn a little bit more about who you are beyond the music. Yay! I love it. So we're going to take a quick break, um, and when we get back, we're going to listen to some listener situations. But please tune in next week to learn a little bit more about Michael Leedy and his dating life. Toodles. Bye. Hello, listeners. As you know, every week Marco and I highlight a queer couple as part of our hashtag gay relationship goals. We do this because we want to show the world that healthy, unique relationships exist as a universality for all humans, not just heterosexuals. So if you know of, are in, follow, or are a fan of a great relationship that you want to share with us, send us an email, relationshipquestions at gmail.com, or tag us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at podrelationship. We strive to present diverse couples across the planet, and I believe that you may know of one or two that will make our hearts smile. Why not let the rest of the world know them too? While you think on that, I'll get back to the show.
And now it's time for our listener situations. That's right. Send your relationship questions or comments to relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your emails here on the show and do our best to give some guidance because my wrist stop watching. My neck is flossing. Make big deposit. My gloss is popping. Wow. You like my hair. Gee, thanks. Just bought it. I see it. I like it. I want it. I got it. There was more, (laughs) y'all. Okay. I just thought I'd, you know, come in with the better way of doing this. So I don't know what that means. You you wanted to go grande? I. (laughs) (laughs) Very well. Very well. Uh, All right. So about the content of this segment. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot we were doing a show. So I'm going to read this one. You can read. I can. Watch. Watch how good I can do it. This is a thing. Hello. It's me. (laughs) No, that's me reading slowly. Anyway. Hello, Mr. and Mr. Critelli. My name is Dan, and I'm 62 years young, living in Missouri with my new partner, James. We've been together for a little over two years, and I care for him a great deal. The trouble is my children, Ben, 34, Alyssa, 36, and Sylvia, 39, don't like him. This is the first person I've been with since their mother and I split. I can't ignore that fact as a potential factor, but think it might be something more. They only come around for a few holidays, even though two of them still live in the same city that I do. And when they are around, they won't engage him in conversation. And I don't mean just polite conversation or initiating a topic. They flat out refuse to speak to him. Mm. He talks and they don't answer. Wow, your children sound like shitheads. Um, I chastise them for the rudeness, but they are adults. James is not especially bothered by this. He knows I had a wife and children and accepts them for who they are. He sees it as a, quote, minor inconvenience once in a while, end quote, as he calls it. He's a saint. You better keep him. Yeah, right. And it doesn't make me angry or hurt my feelings, but it is something I would like to see changed. Any advice for us? Yeah, I got a few. (laughs) (laughs) Is it too too late when your children are fully grown to give them up for adoption? Listen, Dan, um, they're an adult, and as you said, they're adults, and and they can do what they need to do, but you're also an adult, and you can do what you need to do. 100. So those children, you know, your job as a parent, while it never ends, the big part of it is done. They are in their, you know, mid to late 30s, uh, so you don't owe them anything at this point, and in fact, it's probably more likely that they're starting to owe you stuff, Um, but... At the very least, you can expect respect. Um, So if James isn't bothered by it, but you are, you too should probably just make some boundary decisions together. That's my opinion, is that you should just decide like how often you want them to come, how long, what you are and aren't willing to do, because you're building a new life. I'm assuming since you said this is the first person you've been with since their mother that you're newly minted gay. Um, and you need to really focus on that and explore it. Again, you're not abandoning your children. They're grown. They're, you know, one has moved away, it sounds like, and the other two, I'm sure, are taking care of themselves. So if they want to act like children who are adults, then just let them do that and you two figure out what it is that really is going to work for you two. Yeah, I mean, I I think that you guys are past having conversations. I think the last conversation that I would have with them is, look, I get it. Things are hard because it is tough, right? It's very, very tough for the family to get over the fact that 
mom and dad aren't together anymore. And then I'm sure it's even tougher to know that dad is now with a man, right? Sure. I, I feel like this is a Grace and Frankie episode. But um, <laughs> but I'm sure... But they bounce back quickly. They super bounce back. And, and I think that that's tough. And of course, it's going to take some, you know, adjustments. And I'm sure the family is having a, a hard time. I 100% understand that. But right now, you need to be a partner to James. And with that means uh, that your kids need to respect James. And clearly, they're not respecting James. So I would have one last conversation with them that consists of telling them, sorry, guys, I'm in love. And I get that you don't understand it. And I'm sure this is really challenging for you on all ends. And uh, there's a lot of adjustments that need to take place. But one of the things that I'm not going to tolerate at this point is you being disrespectful to my partner. And I could care less about how much you like or dislike him because that's really none of my business. And realistically, it's it's not something that should factor for you either. Uh, I care about him. So that means you should care about him in some capacity. And if you're unable to do that, then you will be seeing far less of me. And that will just be what it'll be. Um, and I will gather and or chat with you when you guys decide that you want to be actual adults in the situation. Um, but beyond that, I'm just gonna live my life and I'm going to be happy. I'm too damn old to be messing around with y'all stupid stuff. <laughs> like, I'm just not going to do that. I'm just, I, I, I just, why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you allow them to do that to you? Um, and again, they're, they're not acting like adults. They're acting like children. They really are. Yeah. So, uh, I just think it's a bunch of poppycock. There you said it. And, um, and I think that it is, uh, just not something that should happen. And so, like I said, it, it sounds like an ultimatum and it kind of is, or, you know, as they like to call it an old tomato. Um, who are they? <laughs> Jack McFarlane, actually. <laughs> um, that's a him, but, uh, yeah, I just wouldn't, I, I just wouldn't put up with it any longer. I, I, I just, it, it's not going to be a thing. And James, Again, is is a complete saint for even being okay with it. But at the end of the day, now, like, that's your partner. That's who you need to start riding for right there, you know? Like, you have to, like, support him. You have to be there for him. Well, and to your point, like, yes, they're going through some things, um, but so are you. Mm -hmm. This is new for you, too. And you need support and love to go through this and figure this out for yourself because, you know, People don't become gay, so that means you've been gay your whole life, and you said you're 62, So, and you've been together for two years, so for 60 years, you were not living your authentic life, so there's probably a ton of stuff that's difficult for you that you could use support with, too, and it's not wrong to request that of your children, well, or at least honor it in yourself. I'm of the school of thinking that... I don't know that you necessarily need support, right? Because I don't know that they, under these circumstances, know how to support you because they're still adjusting to this new quote-unquote normal. Oh, I'm not saying that, that they should be supporting him. I'm just saying that like he can also recognize that he should feel supported. Maybe not by them, but just in general. I, I don't see and And that's kind of you. I don't even know that it needs to be all that. I think you just need to treat my partner like a basic human being. Well, there if is you're that. in the same room as he is, you speak to him. 
You don't, again, you don't have to like him. You don't have to come over. We don't have to have family dinners. We don't have to do all this. I don't need you marching in a P flag parade. Like, or, you know, I don't need you at like the next gay parade. Like, I don't need any of that. I just need you to be a decent human being to my partner. And I think that that's the bare minimum. Again, I, I don't necessarily think that like support, like I don't need you to be a wonder bra for me. Oh, like I just need you to be there. Like I just need you to be there. And if he's in the room, say hello to him, ask him how he's doing and then leave it at that. You don't have to chit chat. You don't have to even exchange phone numbers with one another. Um, but like the least you could do is just be nice. Like I, I feel like being nice isn't that hard. But maybe I'm wrong. Sounds like it might be for them. Yeah. Well, we are going to end the listener situations right here. Actually, guys, if you want to uh, hear about our next listener situations, Tony and I are asking everyone to tune into our IGTV relationship. Uh, that's our IGTV episode, which is relationship. Um, every week, Tony and I will be having an after episode discussion where we'll talk a little bit about the episode and kind of give more in-depth behind the scenes uh, looks on how we, I don't know, interpreted the episode, some really fun, candid conversation about what we've got going on and what's been happening with that. And then we'll post them to our pod relationship Instagram page. So um, if you want to hear about the next listener situation that we have going on you'll definitely have to tune in to our IGTV episode on the pod relationship Instagram page so we'll see you guys there we're going to take a short break surprise So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of this really important conversation. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us. And tell at least one friend. Y'all, it's season two. You can also email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments that you'd like us to address here on the show. And don't forget to check out our IGTV channel, Relationship, for a behind-the-scenes post-show conversation about this week's episode, plus our second listener situation. We will harass your ears next week. And remember, C may be for cookie, but S is for shit. <laughs>